Hello, hello, beautiful ladies. Welcome to another episode. I have been totally MIA for a couple weeks with putting out new podcast episodes. And it's for a few reasons. First of all, living my life because the weather in San Francisco has been amazing. Sunny, warm, beautiful. The majority of you ladies live in San Francisco because I talk about real estate in San Francisco. So you know, the last couple of days, especially this week, has been like hot, hot, hot. I mean, I've been wearing like a linen blouse and linen shorts to the beach. That's unheard of completely. And it's amazing. And this whole, you know, this whole two weeks, three weeks, this whole month has just been beautiful. So I have been doing that. I have been working very heavily with clients as well. So I debated whether this episode was going to be like the my life as a realtor because it's very different than the shows like Selling Sunset or Million Dollar Listings because they don't show you everything. So one of my shows is absolutely going to be like that, but on a podcast, like what actually do I do? What is the life of a realtor? But it's not going to be this episode, even though I have a lot of ammo. This episode, oh, and if you can hear my dog barking in the back, it's lucky he's eating a cucumber. It's a beautiful sunny day. This episode is going to be all about writing the purchase agreement. So this podcast, The Real Estate Queens, I'm taking you on a journey from this basically is for the woman buying her first house who wants to buy her first house. So the journey up until this point, we've talked about so much. You have your realtor, you have your lender, you are pre-approved, you've done the self-reflection, the goal setting, the must-have list, all of that stuff. You've gone to this point. I think last time we talked about the property search, how to do the property search correctly. So if you're at that stage, listen to the last episode because it's a lot of information. Now it's you've done the property search the right way correctly. It's time to write an offer on a house that you love. Now I know that every realtor has is different, has their own strategies. So this is just like an overview and exactly how I would do it. Okay, so let's talk about the purchase agreement. First of all, I want to say that the purchase agreement in San Francisco is the, a different purchase agreement than anywhere else in California. The purchase agreement is basically the paper of the contract that you give to, your, to a seller. This is the contract to buy the house and they can accept it or reject it. That is the offer. That is the purchase agreement. San Francisco has its very own purchase agreement for houses, properties in the city and county of San Francisco. Huge red flag is if I get an offer from the California contract. And I'm just like, you don't know that San Francisco has its own contract? Bye. So that's number one. What is the purchase agreement? It's the offer to buy a house that you submit to the seller for review. Lots of factors go into deciding if you even want to write the offer in the first place. Like you see the house, you fall in love with it, but from that to actually wanting to buy it, to putting in an offer, there's a lot of factors that decide if you want to even write an offer. 
there's a lot of steps and strategies to filling out the purchase agreement because it's seven pages long. It's got like 23 paragraphs. It's got a lot of information, a lot of built-in contingencies, lots of places for you to make decisions. There are a lot of steps and strategies. The purchase agreement is the first time you are negotiating with the seller. This is the first time you're showing them who you are. They don't know who you are. They've never met you. They're never going to meet you. They don't know what you look like. They don't know where you went to school. They don't know how awesome you are. They don't know your personality. They don't know anything about you. The first time they meet you is when you're giving them an offer to buy their house. So it needs to be filled out with your personality, with your sense of urgency, with your competitiveness, with your negotiation. It needs to be filled out very, very strategically. The purchase agreement is way more than just price. On those shows, I love Million Dollar Listing LA. I'm obsessed. Tracy Tudor, holler at your girl. Love it. But when they're like making a deal over the phone, what are the two things that they agree upon? This is the price. This is when it's going to close. May They ha- throw in a contingency in there. This is the price. This is when it's going to close. This is the contingency. And is it all cash? And they do it over the phone and they're sitting at lunch with their client. But there's way more than that. Or they go deeper like, do you really understand what a contingency is? And you don't just put it in there just because everything holds weight. So it's way more than just price. So let's dive into it. First of all, how do you fill out the purchase agreement? How do you even want to know? So you find a house that you love. In San Francisco, you tell your realtor right away. Most often, you're going to go to the open house by yourself. Like me, for example, I send my clients to open houses. They're on auto alert. They get alerted anytime a property in their criteria in their area and their budget gets on the market. Or even when I see an off-listing market, they know right away. They go to see the house. There's usually tons of open houses. Of course, sometimes I go with them, but the majority of the time they see the house by themselves and then they call me right away and say, hey, Marina, I saw this house. I love it. I want to proceed. That's when my work really starts. That's when the work of the realtor really starts after you find the house. Of course, we it's like goes without saying that we're invaluable step to the process and the education and the preparing you how to do everything. I mean, listen to this podcast. Anyway. Hey, Maureen, I found a house I really I want. What are the next steps? The next steps are for me, Marina, your realtor, to get in touch with the seller's real estate agent. And step one, go see the house yourself and with your clients. Maybe yourself, by yourself first, and then again with your clients. Step two is get the disclosure package. The disclosure package is exactly what it sounds like. When a seller is getting ready to sell her home, 
she prepares a disclosure package for every single potential buyer that's interested in the home. The disclosure package is like any inspection reports that she's done. Transfer disclosure statements. Yes, no questions about the property, like have there been leaks, noise, nuisances, have you done any repairs, blah, blah, blah. So many other boilerplate disclosures and actual disclosures the seller has to fill out, title reports, if it's an HOA, HOA documents, minutes, CCNRs, bylaws. I mean, this is all the behind the scenes stuff that you do not know when you just see the house. So it's a disclosure package. It's usually like 200 pages. I get that. I review that page by page with my client, especially if this is their very first home, very first time reading a disclosure package. That by itself takes an hour. So then you can see what's going on behind the scenes. Let me give you an example, very simple example. In San Francisco, it's customary that the seller does a general inspection and a pest inspection on the property to put in the disclosure package for buyers to look at that and for them to waive their own inspection contingencies. Let's say that you see something in that inspection you call the inspector for further clarification and you're like okay it's gonna cost me fifteen hundred dollars fifteen thousand dollars whatever to fix this issue it's either a pressing issue or it can wait you know all that stuff going in so when you write an offer you know that stuff going in another example could be like if there had been a lawsuit, a dispute between like if the person had rented their place to a tenant and the tenant, there was a dispute like you would never know that by looking at the house, but you would know that in the disclosures and then you could talk to your lawyer about if that's a big deal and how that affects you. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you need to read. I've I've had a couple clients, they're like gung-ho about the house and then after they read the disclosure package, they don't want it anymore, but it's not very common just because of the market in San Francisco, how I explain things, them doing their own research, you know, stuff like that. But it does happen. It does absolutely happen because foundation is a big one. Foundation of a home is a really big reason that a couple clients don't want a home. Okay, so that's the disclosure package. We review that together and then you say, yes, Marina, I want to go forward or no, Marina, I don't want to go forward. And these are why. Then the next step are to determine price. And the way we determine price are comps. What has sold in the area in the last six months that's similar property? Comparable sales. Easy. The house down the street, the house around the corner, this house here that was remodeled in the same condition, this house here that was the same size and everything. What's been selling? What's the market doing? Like you cannot argue with what the market's doing. And it goes past just, hey, this house sold. Here are the pictures. This is how much. I need to actually call the agent and be like, how many offers did you receive? What was the list price? What was the sales price? What were the issues that we didn't see? Like, what is the behind the scenes stuff? Help me price this. And if you have a good relationship with other real estate agents in your in San Francisco, then they give you that knowledge because we've done deals with all of them. They're totally happy to give you that knowledge because, you know, the deal's done. 
So what's been selling in the area? What our disclosure package says, the amount of competition is a huge factor in determining price. We all know, I say this all the time, that competition is what drives price up. If you've got five people who really want a house, well, that is leverage, baby. That is leverage for the selling agent to leverage everybody against each other. Who wants it more? Auction off to the highest bidder. And I get that information by having a conversation with the listing agent. The listing agent is the one working with the seller. I say, how many disclosure packages do you have out? I see how many people were at the open house. I kind of ask, even though you might not always get straight answers, because sometimes you can have, I know because I work with sellers as well. Sometimes you can have 10 disclosure packages out and then you receive like three offers. Sometimes you can have 10 disclosure packages out and you receive 10 offers. It really doesn't matter. But the kind of the rule of thumb that I tell my clients is that it's usually half the people that have disclosure packages end up writing kind of how it is. And then the last piece, the last very, very critical piece is the gut feeling and the market knowledge of your real estate agent. This you cannot do alone. This you cannot know by just looking on Zillow. I say this all the time too. My job, I am a real estate professional. I do deals every day. I see houses sell every day. I know what a house is going to sell at just by looking at it. So the gut feeling of your super local experienced realtor is irreplaceable. Okay, so all of those four things, disclosure package, comparable sales, competition, market knowledge of your realtor, that determines your price. Okay, now let's moving. Let's move on. What goes into a purchase agreement? So we just we discussed price. That's the first thing, of course. Now let's move on to contingencies. What is a contingency? A contingency is a condition of the sale. Let's say, for example, and it's a way for the buyer to back out of the deal. It's a condition of the sale and it's a way for the buyer to back out of the deal. Let's say, for example, you write an offer. Hey, seller, I want to buy your house for a million dollars under the condition that I have an inspection within how many days you put. It's two days, five days. I have an inspection for the next five days. If anything comes back in that five days, you can back out of the contract and blame it on your inspection contingency. Another common contingency is a financing one. Hey, seller, I want to buy your house for a million dollars. I have a, a financing contingency for five days. If anything goes wrong within that five days, for any reason I change my mind or whatever, I can back out of the contract and blame it on not getting my financing. So any kind of contingency is makes your offer less attractive. And a contingency, as you know, bears weight. So you're not going to put a contingency in there if you don't really mean that. If you don't really know 100% that you want to buy the house, you are not even going to put in an offer. If you don't want to play ball at the price that you're, you need to do to get the house, we're not even going to play ball. 
So the con- some common contingencies are financing inspections. That's it. But in San Francisco, you're not going to be the only offer and people don't want and the seller doesn't want to see a contingency. There is no need for a contingency when you really think about it. In other places of the country, sure, but I'm not talking about other places of the country. I'm talking about the city and county of San Francisco where the seller gives you inspection reports. You are able to call that inspector. You are able to do your own inspections before writing an offer. And you're able to get completely approved for a mortgage alone before you write an offer. So what the hell do you need a contingency for? You are playing games if you want a contingency. Okay. Timeframes is another aspect of the contract. Timeframes. Biggest time frame is how quickly can we close? Because you write a purchase agreement, the house doesn't become yours the next day. There's like a period of time, the escrow period between when you write the offer and the offer gets accepted to when the house actually becomes yours. How quickly can you make that house become yours? How quickly is the seller going to get his money and make this a done deal? If you have any contingencies, how quick are they? Two days, two weeks. Okay. Timeframes are super important. And then any special requests, any additional forms you need them to sign. Like I'm working right now with a buyer. We're looking to buy a single family house. And the seller has told us verbally that the tenants left. The tenants just stopped paying and then they left the house. And that's why they're selling the house. And so in my offer, I wrote in this in like the special in the extra extra term special term section I wrote C addendum and my addendum addendum asked for written notice from the tenant that he vacated voluntarily written notice that the tenant vacates all tenants rights to this property and a vacant unit disclosure so there's some special requests of course and that is just too big of a deal to not have that is a contingency I will put because tenants' rights here in San Francisco is fucked up and that's for another time. <clears throat> Don't get into that. Um, yeah, that's it. Also, during some uh, recession, during when COVID first happened, I got a buyer an insane deal. She had got the seller to like fix so many things around the house because she was the only offer and the house was on the market for like 70 days. And, you know, everyone was freaked out because it was the beginning of COVID. So that's gone long and gone. So that's essentially how you write. That's essentially the purchase agreement. So you fill out this purchase agreement, your real estate agent submits it to the other real estate agent working with the seller. Usually there's an offer date to have all offers at the same time because they expire within 24 hours. You don't want to get an offer today and then you might get a better one tomorrow or, or you don't know if you're even going to get one tomorrow. That you want them all in one day. There's usually an offer date. The seller can either accept, reject, or issue a counter offer. And it's very common to get a counter offer on price and terms here in San Francisco. Let's quickly touch on negotiation. Since you, the buyer, never get to speak with the seller, your purchase agreement needs to speak for you. Number, I have some bullet points. Know your audience. 
I've got a lot of sellers that do research. I'm sorry, a lot of buyers that do research on their seller because you know their name. They look them up on Facebook or LinkedIn and they kind of get some, okay, I'm competing against a 30 something. He went to Duke University or whatever. Some knowledge. Know your audience. Are they getting a divorce? Most of the time I can get that information. Why are they selling? Are they moving back east? Like, where do they work? I can get that. Know your audience. Get a realtor with great communication skills because they're going to be the ones doing the actual negotiating. Both sides need to feel like they're getting something, the buyer and the seller. Know your boundaries. I often go in talking to my buyers like, okay, what I need to know your bottom line because when we get a counter offer, we're not going to have very much time to respond. So you need to know your bottom line. Boundaries, where you stop. Patience is a virtue. It's very hard because buyer, you submit your offer and sometimes you can wait for hours for even the slightest response. Patience is a virtue. Express willingness to come to an agreement. And this is really for your real estate agent because the other agent will call me and say, okay, like this and this and this, we need to fix this. Are they willing to come to an agreement? And I'm like, absolutely, they're willing, but let me see what I can do. They have their boundaries as well, which goes back to get a realtor with great communication skills. Speak to the seller's ego and emotions. This really comes to play If you are writing a personal letter to the sellers, I love your house. So amazing. Stuff like that. But that's like a secret weapon. And you obviously have to take into account negotiation. Now, negotiation is not as strong here in San Francisco because you are competing to get prized gold property in San Francisco that so many other people want. So you are going to do your absolute best, put your best foot forward the best you can, no regrets, YOLO in writing that offer because there is going to be no negotiation. The only negotiation you might get is a counter offer that you can either accept or reject. So that's it. That is the glorious part of writing a purchase agreement. So now you wrote it. Let's assume that the house is yours. Congratulations. And now you're in the escrow period, which will be a different episode. If you love this, if you're a woman looking to buy in San Francisco, you don't know how to get started, you want a badass realtor at Marina Schifferman. I got you. Please reach out. Love working with women. They're my favorite. Rate, review, subscribe, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.